0: everybody welcome back to the tortured fan bases podcast for the next episode in our uh be the gm type series life take it away yeah so we've already covered
1: the reds and the twins we got a special guest appearance last time where we talked about the red Sox. now we're coming back to the nl central to talk about the milwaukee brewers
0: to do so, we have a good friend of mine from way back in college. This man used to be young, and now he's old and gray and working 60 hours a week. My good friend, Devin Wiedenhoft, how we doing, man? That's right, I'm getting old, not
2: gray yet, but doing well. We got uh, the big some heavy news. snow up here in Wisconsin. Right
0: now, you miss living up here? No, Noah? Um, No, no. Uh, but the big news here is, Devin, how many days until your wedding? Uh, two weeks. Two That's weeks right. from Saturday,
2: I'll be a married man. So uh, where I maybe haven't had as much time recently and working to keep up with all my sports and hobbies now that I'm married, I feel like I'll be spending more time at home, more time behind the TV watching sports.
0: Yeah, I bet Gwen's so excited for that. <laughs> well, we'll have two TVs so I can watch games and she can stream, uh, stream her shows. For those of you who don't know Devin, which is all of you, um, that sounds like him. that's pretty typical just throw a beer in his hand and give him some sports and he will be a happy man yeah exactly exactly so Devin is a lifelong Brewers fan something that I would have detested a while ago but I softened on the Brewers during my time in southern Wisconsin uh for school but you know as, as good as this franchise has been recently um they've made some pretty bonehead decisions in like the last two years and yeah so we're gonna we're not shying away from that. You heard us complain about Heim Bloom in the last episode at the Red Sox. We're gonna complain about the Brewers and the way they're handling things. Um, but we're also gonna talk about some really, really good players and some pretty studly prospects that they got coming up. So, first yeah. of all, where do you wanna start, man? You wanna go through the pitchers? You wanna go through the position players? Where what I are think you most excited could, about? Uh,
2: we can just start with the position players and work our way um through there into the pitchers. Start with the
0: the weakness and we'll move to the strength. So where's your weakness uh in uh the position players where do you want to start with that? Well I think we really only have a couple strengths.
2: Um, <laughs> when you look at our <laughs> look at our lineup. Uh it's, to it's, like one a, it's one of the weakest lineups I'd say we've had in a while. Um however we have done a few exciting things, I would say. Um I think the first thing is Kristen Yelich. Um you know he's the face of our franchise Um, when you have a team like the Brewers smallest market in baseball um, how do you keep fans interested keep fans going to the games we have pretty good turnout I would say for how small of a market we are Um, if you're in Wisconsin you love the Brewers people love the Brewers part of that reason is I think we have the players that everybody knows you know everybody knew who Ryan Braun was uh, when he was a big star everybody well, knows who speak of that steroid user <laughs> on well like, that that's I a think... whole nother story actually uh i was at a baseball game brewers game uh right after that happened the season he was suspended and i had a brawn jersey on and instead of it saying brawn i taped over the b in the end with the f and a d <laughs> <laughs> to say to say fraud <laughs>
1: listen if you don't want to talk about him just talk about prince fielder yeah swear,
0: yeah dude <laughs> prince was prince was dope i gotta say so i grew up in wisconsin obviously and i hated the brewers for a good portion of my life um basically ryan braun like i didn't have anything against any other brewers player except for ryan braun so once he retired, it's like okay i can actually be a fan of this team now right But let's look at christian yelich man because this dude three years ago one of the best players in baseball when did he win his mvp was that 20 uh that 2019. 2019 and in 2018 2019. he should have won another one um, yeah, I mean, we got him. I would say, cliff.
1: well, he's fallen off a cliff based off what you think he should do. Like he's just, everyone thought after the, after those two good years that he's a superstar now. He's going to be in the conversation every year, and he just hasn't. Because last year he wasn't bad, but if it you're wasn't good, if you're comparing him to, you know, twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen disappointing do you you think that he's going to get back to that or we kind of settled into what kristen yelich is now
2: yeah i think with him so when he came to the brewers um obviously we had a steal on that trade because he he was a good player when he came to the brewers and turned into an elite player he had you know that one year stretch end of 2018 all through 2019 where he was probably the best maybe top five players for sure in baseball then hurt his back um from 2020, carrying from carrying the Brewers, um, and then he just, yeah, he hasn't been the same. Uh, I think, I don't, don't have anything to base this off of other than just a a gut feeling, but I think 2023, um, he's gonna, he's gonna improve. I, he'll, I don't think he's gonna be MVP caliber, um, but maybe on the verge of could he be an All Star again? I'm, I'm hopeful maybe that. Two eighty batting average with twenty five to thirty home runs, I think would be a a good year for Yelich versus the low two hundreds. And the I think last year he only had like
0: fifteen home runs. You know um, that sounds to me like five. Sounds like we got another vibes guy on. I just, just have a feeling. He's gonna... <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's not hard. let's not delude ourselves though. I make jokes about Christian Yelich, but this man was a three WAR player last year, despite being only like eleven percent better than league average offensively. Like he is elite in the field he is an incredible defender so he's still bringing value to this team he is, he uh, is. i'm not sure about the leadership capacity of, of christian yelich i really you know i don't I mean, he's kind of the team leader now it, isn't he, he is i don't know how good of a leader he is but he's still a good baseball player and you know the contract is what it is right when you sign a player at his peak you really hope that you're not paying for past performance and you kind of are it was like nine years 200 mil and so you're not breaking the bank to the level of like a Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts type contract. It's you know twenty five mil a year, which is still substantial. But you know you're not paying him for eight war of production every single year. You're paying him for you know three to four. So you're still getting your value out of Christian Yelich.
2: Right. When we signed that deal, I thought it was uh, I thought we won that deal. Um, I thought the Brewers won just with how good he was. He was at his peak, obviously three years later, looking at it completely differently, but nobody was going to predict um, his performance to be as low as it has been the past three years. But now all you can really hope for is just improvement. If he could stay healthy, be that leader, be a, a good, maybe maybe all-star type
0: player again. I think that's kind of what you're looking for with him. Yeah, that's fair. What about in center? Um, Garrett Mitchell, what does he bring to the table? Yeah,
2: I don't really know a lot about him. I know he's young. Uh, I Need to do it first round. <laughs> I think he was a first round pick, um, 2020. He hit well when he was playing last year. I think he played like 30 games last year and hit the ball well. So that's going to be a could have a high upside there. Could um, underperform once he gets more playing time. But I think that's he's a young player with I, I think some high
0: upside. Is he coming into the season as a starter like kind of the unquestioned starter in center field or do they have like a backup plan for in case he you know doesn't well, cover off the ball like he did in his We report? have
2: Tyrone Taylor who is um and always been our fourth outfielder um fourth fifth outfielder. He's been good. He's been solid. He's not going to be you know if you have Tyrone Taylor as your starting um center fielder for the entire season, you know, that's not a it's not a great position to be in, but he's a good, solid backup. He'll get a lot of playing time. But I think he's hurt right now. Actually, he's going to miss. I think about a month, first month of the season. So, I'm I'm thinking he's probably going to Garrett Mitchell is probably going to get some good
0: playing time. It's going to be the Garrett Mitchell show um, to start off the season. You know, that might not be a bad thing though, because we talk about players and confidence. If you have a young guy, and you know Garrett Mitchell still has his rookie um, status, if you're kind of making plans to uh to replace them or you don't have full confidence in them uh it probably plays a little bit with their psyche and so having Garrett Mitchell have the confidence to know that he's the starter um is probably a pretty good thing though what about yeah. uh, what about right field this one looks a little confusing if we're honest Who, who's gonna start in right well we don't have Hunter Renfro anymore so that's gonna be um
2: Big loss, big shoes to fill there. We've had some pretty decent right fielders over the last four or five years. Now we have uh, a few options. We got Winker, um, previous red. So, Will, maybe you can give us some insight
1: on what to expect from Winker. <laughs> cannot play right field. DH? <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as there's a righty pitching. He has struggled against lefties to the point where the Reds were not hitting him against lefties at all. He was tearing up righties, couldn't hit lefties. If we're honest, though, like if you're gonna have a platoon split,
0: I'd rather be better against righties.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got more right-handed hitters, but he primarily played left field when he was in Cincinnati, and okay. Cincinnati has a you know lower half as far as their lower half in the league as far as outfield size, so it wasn't too difficult to play. Didn't play a whole lot of right field, so I don't know what to expect out of him. He was he's never been known to be a particularly good defender he was you got him in there because of his bat sure
0: yeah and they got him slotted in fifth uh interesting though fangrass has him slotted in as a dh the starting right fielder is brian anderson despite brian anderson saying that he's, on playing, Zoom third. That he's playing third <laughs> so there's a lot of uncertainty in the corners uh i will say that right field in miller park is a little bit funky there's some they got they got a weird they they do kind of have a too. weird wall out there. So if he's bad in right field in Cincinnati, where the wall is pretty much circular, um, I can't imagine he's going to do any better in Milwaukee with that funky right field wall. Yeah, so we we definitely um, you know
2: this isn't the Brewers outfield where you know going into last year or the year before that, where we had four solid guys. You know you had Yelich, you had Renfro. Kane, Jackie Bradley Jr., who at the beginning of the year, those were all four really high-looking guys. Obviously, a couple of those didn't perform like they were supposed to when they came to Milwaukee. But, you know, this year, there's there's question marks uh in the in the outfield and and in the infield. So like third base, like you said, Brian Anderson, is he gonna play third? He's gonna play right if he's at third. I don't really know much about him. Uh, I think he's a okay player. I don't think he's going to be – he's not going to be a star.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of seems like you've got a couple guys that are going to be kind of platoonish guys. I mean, Keston Hura, they've been trying to get him in the lineup for a while. Nowhere really to play him because he's just not very good in the field. And right. then Mike Brasso is kind of the same way. You want to get his bat in there, but where do you play him? Um, you do have another former Red who I'm excited about, Tyler Naquin. He's non-roster guy, but he's a pretty solid outfielder. So you think like, maybe he might be could be our starting right fielder opening day? He's a
0: decent hitter. I don't know if you'd make him starting right fielder, but I think he he'd be a better fourth outfielder type guy. Yeah. I, mean, I think he he might have won the rookie of the year award with the Indians. Sorry, the uh, guard. Well, the, well he, was, he was the Indians. Now but... the Guardians. That's gonna trip me up for the next like ten years, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I do want to backtrack just a second traded away Hunter Renfro. How do you feel about that? Well, he was, he was good. I mean,
2: Renfro was that guy that you kind of almost forgot about, you know, when you look at the Brewers lineup, it was Yelich, it was, um, Luis Urias, Adamus, And then, you know, Hunter Renfro would come in in that fifth, sixth spot and you're like, wow, there's still another good hitter here. He was good in the field. Um, he was just that solid, consistent guy. Now we don't have that. Um, filling in with some of these platoon players. Um, you didn't really get really much.
0: You didn't really get much in return for him either. You got Jansen Junk, Elvis Peguero, and Adam Seminaris. Yeah, that's an all I don't know.
1: I don't know any of those guys. <laughs> that's the point. All-time baseball name: Jansen Junk. Jansen, that's a good. That's a, good that's a good name. You all-time. Got, he baby. was a pitcher. That that would be, is yeah. he a pitcher?
0: All-time great name. But he's got, you know, he put up negative war, didn't really pitch last year. His ERA was close to seven. Elvis Peguero, same type deal. His career ERA is over nine. Adam Seminaris doesn't have any stats on baseball reference. Um, So, I mean, it seems like you're taking a productive player in Hunter Renfro. (laughs) We had an OPS plus of 126 and smashed 29 taters last year for almost three war and you're trading him for spare parts. I don't know if it's because they didn't want to pay him $12 million, but it doesn't seem like this is really an effective risk-based decision. It seems like they're almost trying to like just get rid of a player to not pay him any money, which I think is really dumb, especially when 12 million isn't that much money. Right, right. Well, you saw what we
2: did with burns over less than one million? <laughs> oh, we gotta talk about that yeah
0: do you want to get into that now or do you want to complain about that later um
1: let's get into it i guess all right
0: <laughs> we're, go- we're gonna pause yeah at third base
1: so for those who don't know um it is right in the middle of arbitration season after a player has been a major leaguer for at least three years The next three seasons, they still are on the same team, but they don't have to be paid whatever the league minimum is. They can negotiate for their salary. If the teams can't come to terms, they go to arbitration, where the team submits a number, the player and their agent submit a number, and an independent person decides on what their salary is going to be that season. And arbitration is historically, if you actually make it to that point, which not a lot of arbitration eligible players do, but if you actually make it to that point, it's historically pretty brutal. They will teams will argue, they will downplay their players even if they're stars, which is exactly what seems to have happened here.
0: Mm-hmm. Cuz I mean, cuz they're trying to save the money. And here here's here's the Corbin Burns itch. Um he files at like what, Devin? Like 775. Something not enormous for an ace. And the Brewers counter at million dollars and they were less than a one million difference from what he asked for Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and the brewers are treating this like he's asking for 15 million more than they are right it was and and i
2: get that strategy you know if you're looking at maybe a veteran player who you know isn't the key piece of your roster but you look at somebody like burns um the team like Milwaukee if we're going to be competitive we're not going to be able to go buy the all-stars on the free agent market every year we have them up through our system he became a star Cy Young award winner with the Brewers those are those are the guys that you can maybe potentially sign a long-term deal for maybe a little less than if you would just go shop in free agency so those are the guys that I feel like like we need Burns could be a guy that has six more solid seasons with the Brewers now over less than a million dollars. We go and kind of ruin that, potentially ruin that relationship. I think, the, I think it could potentially be prepared or repaired. Time will tell, but I just don't see that as a smart, smart move.
0: So I'll tell you what happened in the twins world when this happened. Um, there was like a report that came out of how disgruntled he was. And he gave that interview where he just complained about the organization um, like 20 minutes later twinsdaily.com had posted an article talking about what would it take prospect capital to trade for Corbin <laughs> Burns. <laughs> so the rest of the baseball world is watching this situation when he got you know the short end of the stick. They're all like let's go get Corbin Burns cuz this guy's a stud. I mean, he is probably a top 5 pitcher in baseball. He I watched him pitch opening day of 2020. Um he is filthy he paints the quarters with a ninety-eight mile an hour cutter. cutter yeah, that was eight when eight uh, when
2: we played you guys, and wasn't there like they were twenty strikeouts no in that game? There we were dueling no hitters. It, until it was Urias or Urias was on the mound
0: for the it Twins. Uh, Barrios, yeah, yeah Barrios. I think yeah. it was a major league record for like dueling no hitters. They made it like six and a third before Byron yeah. Buxton went super saiyan and hit a dinger to win the game. It was like one yeah. to zero. It was the best game I've ever been to. Yeah,
1: it's just it's like you hear stories about arbitration and, and how teams will go in and just absolutely hammer players. They'll do whatever they can do. Cause normally the arbitrator isn't like, they're not a baseball person. They're just an attorney. And some of the tactics they use are pretty cutthroat. And, but usually you hear about it for kind of, I won't say middle, middle type guys, but rarely do superstars get to arbitration. And to hear that a team is taking who is essentially one of their franchise stars and is just going in there and absolutely pounding them for a few dollars more, not really instilling a lot of confidence.
2: Yeah. Since our new GM uh, took over, we've had three or four questionable uh moves boy you know, don't you miss the david I, I very very much so do <laughs> i think the only one uh that we came ahead on that i'm well i'm really happy about uh Contreras that move very, yeah. very happy about that talk um, about i think, think adamas was another big one but yeah we can talk about Contreras um yeah
1: I think you guys got away I, with a steal that trade because somehow we, you worked your way into that trade because the, yeah. the Braves traded the A's for uh Sean Murphy somehow the Brewers got William Contreras who is
0: gave up like nothing.
1: 25 had an awesome I mean, season last year only projects to go up from here as a catcher What are, what are we looking at with him yeah I think that's just an exciting move catcher has been kind of a
2: revolving door for the Brewers Past five, four or five years, we've had some decent guys come in, um, but we've never really had that staple at catcher. Um, we got Contreras for almost nothing. I think we gave away one prospect for a guy who is performing now. Um, he's going to be in his prime. Um, I think we have control over him for a few years. Um, you know, his brothers in the division, and uh, there's going to be that fun. Rivalry there, there always is. The Brewers, uh, hate Wilson Contreras as do most teams. Um, he beat him up for years. Same, same here. Yeah. So I think it's it's gonna bring. I think he's gonna bring a ton of energy to the team, and he's a very very good player. Very good bat. Um, he'll probably be one of our strongest hitters in our lineup coming from the catcher position. Um, which is what we've needed previous years. It's just too bad we don't have the all around. Uh, skill in our lineup this year to support it, but
1: I'm excited about Contreras, yeah. And then you got backing him up, you got Victor
0: Caratini, who is, I mean, he's at this point he's kind of a glove guy, but you need a glove guy because you're gonna need to give Contreras a couple days off. But the fun thing is, is with the Universal DH, which I'm a fan of, um, you can keep Contreras's bat in the lineup, like, you don't need him to catch 140 games like in the good old days. If you can keep him fresh catching 100 or 120, you got a glove guy like Victor Caratini, but you can keep Contreras's bat in the lineup. I think that's a win-win situation.
2: Yeah,
1: I agree. I'm, I'm excited to watch him play. So what about the rest of the infield? You got, I think, a couple of pretty solid options there. You got a phenomenal then-
0: name in uh, rowdy toles. Yeah, Rowdy yeah, is great name. Well,
2: love me some Rowdy. He's clutch. Uh, you know, he's not a superstar, but uh he's not going to put up excellent numbers, but he's a good solid first baseman. It seems like any time in a game uh where we're down a run, down two runs and we need a big home run or we need a big double, he he's the guy that that hits it. He's uh he's clutch. He's had a Quite a few big game moments, Um, and he's a fun guy to watch. He brings brings energy. Good, what a good what solid a, what a first baseman man. for a low price.
0: What a solid. Line. He <laughs> has thirty five taters last year, eighty nine ribbies, and two stolen bases. So he's that's a bit of so a speed so, demon. That's first baseman. Yeah, a bit <laughs> yeah. of a speed demon. We'll see how many bases he steals this year with the uh, you know the bigger bigger bases and all that. It might go up to five.
1: Which, I mean, he's got a, a really good skill set. I mean, he's a first baseman who's a slugger who only strikes out 20% of the time.
0: That's phenomenal.
1: Walks quite a bit. He's, he's just a solid, solid option, especially as a first baseman. Now, you don't get a lot of defensive value there, but he's a first baseman, so you got what you got.
0: Right. I mean, but uh, he's, he's
1: not a particularly terrible first baseman either.
0: No, if he's right. putting the ball in the seats 30 times a year, you're happy. That's what, a, that's what you need a big hulking thir- first baseman to do. He's doing right. his job. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I like Rowdy. What about the middle infield, man? Um, second base, you trade away Colton Wong. I think that was part of your ploy to get Keston Hira in the lineup every day. But day. You've got a stud at shortstop. He kind of turned your team around after you traded for him. What about Willie we, Adamas?
2: Yeah, um, love the Adamas trade. I hated it at first because we traded away a really good reliever to get him. Um, and on paper, I didn't really know much about Adamas when he came to the Brewers from the Rays, looked at his stats, and was like, ah, oh, we – trade one of our best relievers away for a mediocre shortstop but since he came over he was uh, he went on fire Um, this day that he came over I think the Brewers winning record like start of the season mediocre and he came over last year and uh, ever since then our win total just skyrocketed so he's a he's a winner Um, he's got power now he's Everybody loves him, brings a ton of energy, really good feeler. He's – I'd say him and Yelich and Contreras are the three guys to look
0: forward to in our lineup. Yeah, last year in his first full season at the Brewers because they traded for him in 21, he put up 31 taters, almost 100 RBIs, OPS plus of 112. But with the Brewers mm. in 2021, his OPS plus was 137. I mean, it's a pretty stark comparison. You know, he still played pretty well with Tampa Bay – um, well, pretty well as Mar- well, at times, but the moment he goes to the Bruce, he's just a completely different player while still providing plus defense. I mean, he's basically a four to five four player. That is stellar to have it. Like that's Xander Bogarts at shortstop. And yeah. how much are you guys paying him this year? Like 9 million? Not a lot. That's a great deal.
2: Yeah. He, I think he had over four more last year. And um, I think we're, we win a lot of games, I think, because he's on our team.
0: I I think I think you're right on the right on the money about that. How about how about second base though? Yeah, who's
1: who's going to be playing second base now? Cuz you you don't have Colton Wong don't anymore. Don't have Colton Wong. Yep. So who's going to be who looks to be playing second base? So I,
2: Luis Urias, um I think he's around the league. If you're not a Brewers fan, you don't watch him every day. Probably uh, what a tale this guy's had. Don't think he's that great of a player. Um I think he's a really, really good player, but has been uh, underperforming the past two years. When he first came to the Brewers, he was on fire, played phenomenal. Um, Then we put a lot of pressure on him. He was our starting third baseman for a while. He just stopped hitting, um, and he has had some really, really hot streaks and some really, really cold streaks. I think this is going to be the year where he um, gets back to – you know, what he knows, good baseball. I think he's going to have a really good year. I think he's, yeah, I think he's, he's an underrated player.
1: Yeah. And he's, he's, he's had the tools. I mean, he's the first couple of years he played in, in San Diego, he was all right. And then he did wasn't terrible last year, but he's like you said, he's still got a lot of expectations to live up to and mm-hmm. you know, he's 25 now and you know, he's got what 1500 plate appearances this might be the year he finally figures it all out. If he gets some consistent playing time, I think it's the year he figures it out. Yeah, and I think Hiera is kind of in that same boat where he
2: had a really, really high upside, lived up to it for a little bit, and then just fell off. Couldn't not, uh, you know, we sent him down to the minors a few times and tried to bring him back up, and he just has not been able to find it. I don't know that he's going to. Um, this might be our last try with him this year if it – um see if he can get back to a high-level um, – get back to high-level play. If not, I don't know if we keep him around uh,
0: much longer. Probably not. You just kind of have to cut bait with these guys sometimes. Yeah.
1: yeah. So what about – so third base we kind of covered. It's, it's probably going to be Brian Anderson. Um, any other position players that you think might have a, a major league impact this year? Some young guys, prospects? <laughs> Not really. Um, it looks really, like all, uh, all their top hitters are kind of double A or below right now. They got some promising guys, but I don't think that anybody's really close to the the big leagues. Yeah, I've heard we got some decent outfield prospects. I don't know a ton about them. I
2: don't typically I don't follow a lot of the minor league stuff, but smarter than the rest of us are.
0: <laughs> How about uh, <clears throat> Jackson Churio? I feel like we have to make sure that we mention this guy again. We're not a prospect show because that's just an exercise in futility uh but this guy absolutely blew up last year um he was a high-rated prospect going into the year and then he might have put up one of the best minor league seasons we've seen in a while i mean it is a ball but it is a ball <laughs> but that's where byron buxton broke out so this guy's an absolute study vaulted himself up to seventh overall in the prospect list he's in double a this year as a 19 year old which yeah. is just absurd like The average age of a double-A player is probably about 24 or 25 years old. This guy is a half decade younger than his competition at double-A. Potentially a fast track to the major leagues. We'll see if, you know, this is a big jump for players. Can you sustain your performance from single-A to double-A? This washes out more players than triple-A to the majors. Um, So if he performs really, really well, you could potentially be seeing a 19-year-old get a cup of coffee, you know, kind of like a Bryce Harper or Andrew Jones at the beginning of their careers. Uh, don't want to put too much stock into this guy, but he's he's a stud. Uh, he keeps progressing at this level. The Brewers are going to have a position figured out in uh, in center field for a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, three of their four top prospects, at least by Fangraphs, are outfielders. So they got some. You got some help coming up. So if you if you're worried about not having Hunter Renfro, you got. That. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: might be why they traded the guy. But you know, I'm still gonna bash Matt arnold because he didn't get any talent back in that trade right I don't, I don't yeah like I,
1: I mean i think the brewers are kind of in the same position the reds were a couple years ago the intel central was just not that strong like there's if you want to spend some money there's a chance to win a division maybe not anymore now that st louis is actually spending money but even the Cubs, they spent a bunch of money and they're still not that good so there's every chance in the world and the brewers <laughs> just kind of didn't right
2: yeah um I, don't know, I look at brewers division it's weaker division i don't my prediction is i don't think we're gonna we're not gonna win the division this year we're not gonna surpass the cardinals um but when i think of it as um you know where we're at we're small market team um i think our payroll is i think we're probably right in the middle 15 16 in payroll i think we Exceed that. I think we're probably, you know, mid 80s wins. Maybe if things like Yelich turning it on happens, our starting pitchers um, perform like they have been, I think we could get 88, 89 wins. Um, but I don't know if that wins the NL Central. And we're definitely not competing for a World Series title, but at least it's a team that's going to be fun to watch. We're going to compete. Um,
0: look forward to watching games. That's true. We still got to talk about some of the pitchers here, yeah, too. Yeah, let's
1: talk about that awesome rotation.
0: Yeah, this rotation is – I mean, the, the top end of it is probably comparable to the best rotations in baseball. We, we've we kind of covered Corbin Burns, but that guy is just special. What he brings to the mound on any given day is just a bit crazy. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it's like to watch Corbin Burns pitch? It's –
2: like watching Josh Hader. It's like watching um uh-huh.
0: don't have Josh Hader anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it <sucks. laughs>
2: It's just a guy that you could count on, you know when he's pitching, all right, he's gonna perform. Like he he's consistent, he's twenty twenty one side on winner. Um, what
0: else can you really say about Burns? He's he's a stud. I mean, you look at his baseball savant page with all these sliders, um, everything is in the red. I mean, he's in the top 12% for K rate. He gets batters to chase in the top 13%. His curveball spin rate's in the top 14%. He limits hard contact, limits barrels. He limits, he, he produces whiffs in the top, fifth, top five percentile um, and his fastball spin rate's in the 99th percentile. Like his makeup as a pitcher is just insane, okay? His cutter almost goes 100 miles an hour yeah he's he's kind of
1: he's kind of the guy that started this whole cutter re-revolution that everyone's on now dudes with just super high spin rate fastballs but maybe they don't look very good and they don't have the right profile
0: and now they're just all throwing cutters and his is the best he throws his four seam fastball seven percent of the time he throws his cutter at like not necessarily mariano rivera territory levels part of the time but it's 55 percent of the time he's dishing out a 95 to 100 mile an hour cutter i feel like those four seamers are probably just misidentified cutters they could be they could be but regardless i mean he's he's a priority cutter pitcher he does not throw a four-seamer like he does throw a cutter so he's unique in that sense but he's just really really good really really talented what what about the rest of the pitching pitching uh roster here though who else do you guys
1: got i mean you yeah. got th- really three strong options right brandon woodruff is also still quite good. He he's is. still in upper nineties. Um, he was, you know, before Burns
2: really, really emerged, he was he was our ace. He's our another solid guy. Um Lau Eric Lauer, he's really emerged when he came to the Brewers. He wasn't pitching that great. And I was pretty surprised with how well he's done um the past year, year and a half. He's became a really, really strong lefty. Um Freddie Peralta, he's a really good pitcher he's um had some injuries hasn't been healthy all the time but when he's healthy he's pitched really really good um then we got i think we're just really really deep then as a five guy we just got wade miley back um when he was on the brewers four or five years ago i loved him he was he was phenomenal then uh he left went to the Astros, I think, one of he was on the World Series Astros team, right?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I think so. Yep. Yep. And then he didn't made he made his way he, to
1: Cincinnati somehow? Yeah, I was going to say, didn't he pitch for the he, Reds for a threw little bit? There were no hitter for the Reds. Did he? Really? He threw a no yeah. hitter somehow. Yeah, I, was like, I love Wade
0: Mazza, of that season. For the no, Reds. he, he
1: was actually remember. was pretty good. Well, that was before they started trading everyone, so. Yeah. So I think he's older now, holds you know, 30 36. 36.
0: He's going to eat innings. Like he's yeah. that number 5 starter that you got to have. And he's he's solid. I mean, his his the
1: contact rates he get are the the quality of contact he gets is very low. So, I mean, he's just he's not going to give up a ton of a ton of bombs, a ton of runs. So, that's
2: And I think we still have Adrian Hauser on our roster who yeah, has been a I think he's he really a number, he could be a number 3 4 guy on a lot of teams for sure. So I don't know if he's going to be in the bullpen or if he's going to start games. It'll be interesting to see where they put him, but he's a good, good pitcher. Um, Let's
0: look at the bullpen though. We got an airbender to talk about in Devin Williams. One of the filthiest pitches in the game is his changeup. Yeah.
2: He's a, he's a stud. Um, when you look at our bullpen, I think uh, we've had some really, really good bullpens fast, four or five years. And it's always been because we've had two or three studs. So obviously we had Josh Hader dominant, um, but it wasn't even just the fact that we had um, Josh Hader. It was, you know, back when Corey Knable was good, when Josh Hader was pitching the sixth and seventh inning, that was when we were the most unstoppable. Cause all you had to do is get to the sixth inning and we almost had a guaranteed win, uh, Put Hader in for sixth and seventh. Then, um, who was the eighth inning guy? Um, he was, uh, he had like a, a one point something ERA for 2021 season. Why can't I think of his name? It'll come to me after the podcast. But that, yeah, then you had Knable in the ninth. Now we have Devin Williams, who's a stud. And then behind him, we have, I think, three or four guys who are good, um, pretty solid. Relievers, but there's some young ones who have high upsides, but you don't really know for sure how they're going to pitch once you get into the season.
0: I will say Devin Williams has an awesome baseball savant page because when you look at the sliders, um his he, he's basically in like the top two percentile for everything except for walk percentage. He just walks a lot of guys. He's in the fourth percentile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like he's either going to strike you out on a changeup or you're getting a free pass to first base. <laughs> about three true outcomes hitters he's a two true outcomes pitcher because you're not going to get a hard hit off of him you're going to walk i I think there's
1: some interesting guys in the bullpen i mean you got matt bush who you got back for
0: uh josh Hader, who is pretty solid pitcher great story by the way if you guys haven't heard of matt bush um he was the first overall pick and then he ended up going to prison uh came out of prison signed with the Rangers again and broke into the big leagues and he's been back since he's about like what 30 years old? Yeah, I think
1: he broke into like 30 or something like
0: that. Yeah, crazy story, worth a Google, but you know, he's he's had some pretty decent seasons in the past. Uh, he's got that velocity baby and that's all you need. Yeah, last year his uh, ERA was under 3 and yeah, fastball velocity is in the top, yeah, you know, 30 thir- 15 percentile. <laughs> um so he's he's pretty good. You have got a good one there. Yeah, yeah I mean, I you got
1: Bryce Wilson's a good option too I think I mean he broke in with Atlanta in the playoffs was it four or five years three or four years ago he's bounced around a bit but he's in the bullpen now I mean who do you like in the bullpen so I really like uh
2: Aaron Ashby I think his numbers aren't too phenomenal right now but just watching him pitch um he's got I think, pretty nasty, wicked stuff. I think he's right where um, Corbin Burns was when he first started coming up with the Brewers, where Burns would show some flashes, um, but his numbers weren't great because he'd go out and give up six runs in some games. Same with Aaron Ashby. He's pitched in pretty big moments, pitched well for the Brewers, um, but he's also had some cold streaks. So I think as he gets better, I think he's – he's got a really really high upside
0: yeah he's a again he's a guy that's gonna walk a lot of guys but he's also he's got some swing and miss um to his to his stuff so he's got some pretty good pretty good slider um he throws that 29 percent of the time so he's a big breaking ball guy doesn't overwhelm you with fastballs um but despite that his fastball is pumping in at 96 so he's a guy that can reach back for velocity but he's not reliant upon his velocity he's reliant upon his breaking breaking pitches which i think is a little bit better as a you know, a reliever that he's got some filth to his game. That usually plays up a little bit better than just pure gas, unless you've you know, you're Jawan Duran and you can throw a hundred mile an hour cutter or a hundred mile an hour splitter. <laughs> um seeing a pitcher with some good change or seeing seeing some pitchers with some good offseat stuff is really good for the bullpen. Anybody else in the bullpen we didn't talk about that stands out to you? Anybody you think is gonna make an impact there? I like
2: uh, Jake Cousins. He's Jake. been he's been good. He's he's a young guy. I think he could uh, be somebody that turns into a really really solid arm in the bullpen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, uh, most of it looks like most of their p- pitching prospects are all upper minors guys, so all of them are probably going to be having some sort of effect at the major league level this year, which is which is good. I mean, if the the Brewers have kind of had to go and get guys here and there and rejects from this team or that team to try and fill out a bullpen and if you can stock it with your own guys more the better yep especially if you know corbin burns leaves at some point because you pissed him off
2: (laughs) i don't want to talk hypothetically Hypothetically
0: devon if you're trading corbin burns what do you want back I mean, the top prospect in baseball, probably. You got to have like the top. I feel like if if a team isn't offering their top three prospects in return for Corbin Burns, you got to spurn them. It's got to be prospects because anybody who wants Burns is going to be somebody competing now,
2: and they're not going to trade away. You know, I don't think we're going to get right now high-level Major League talent for them. I think it's got to be prospects, but prospects is always a gamble.
0: Um, You don't know that they're going to turn out – yeah, especially when you're trading a sure thing like Corbin Burns. I mean, right. just the fact I I just I can't wrap my mind around this. Matt Arnold comes into a job as a GM, and instead of you know uniting the team, he alienates his best player over seven hundred thousand uh, dollars. That's just monumentally stupid. Yep. <laughs> I just I can't get over how dumb it is. Um, I think it'll I think it'll burn the Brewers eventually. Huh? Burn's burn. Uh but I think it could potentially burn Matt Arnold. Like that is not a good look uh for a, a GM, even a guy that's come up to the uh Astro system. But let's while we're talking about management though, how about David Stearns leaving the Brewers? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean he was phenomenal. I mean
2: he, you think about all the moves he made. You know, before I don't know what year he came to the Brewers. Was it twenty seventeen? He came to the Brewers twenty sixteen, maybe.
0: Yeah, something like that.
2: But I mean, we had a lot of years of <clears throat> mediocrity at best, bad seasons. Um, he comes and makes a lot of really, really good moves. We're competing. We had, I think, four years in a row we made the playoffs. Um, that's all you could really ask for as a Brewers fan. So I mean we love Stearns. He, he is a very, very good GM. I know there was always talks about how long is he going to stay? Um, you know, why would he stay in Milwaukee if he can go, um, you know, to a big market team
0: and have open pocket books? Um, yeah. I think the big thing here is, is the Mets. Um, they tried hard for him. They, yeah, they were they were pushing for him, but the Brewers had him as a president of baseball operations, and they can block a an interview request if it's for a lateral position. And so if he was a GM, the Mets could have given him a promotion to PBO, but because he was already PBO with the Brewers, the Mets couldn't give that to him, so they blocked that interview request. Um, and you know, he said that he's not going anywhere this year, which is you know, probably pretty fair. He's probably, you know, living out his contract. but then um, after this year if his contract's up man i we've seen what steve cohen's gonna do what steve cohen will do um it wouldn't shock me at all to see david stearns on his way to queens and why wouldn't he you know right he Uh, grew up in manhattan too so you know it's a hometown team for him but the fact that the brewers able to get him for as long as they did was great and he turned them into a winner like he has the pieces there they've acquired they've developed some great talent Um, Instead of it's kind of unfortunate to see Matt Arnold come in and kind of go, you know, all stupid on it, but he was, he was probably one of the best hires that the Brewers have made in the front office in a while. I can't remember a GM that's had as positive as an, of an impact um, as he has. Yeah, I a hundred
2: percent agree. It'll be sad to see him go, but um, can't fault the guy for
0: wanting to. You know, move to that next step in his career he's young that's true that's true uh so we got Craig Council as the manager and he's pretty set um outside outside point Craig Council had one of the best batting stances ever he would stand yeah. straight up arms extended over his head it was absolutely incredible it's Either him or Tony Batista with a complete open stance yeah he was, it was something special to watch
1: people love Craig Council I mean he's I think he's probably one of the most secure managers in the game right now, no matter how the Brewers do. He is. I wonder when he's coaching,
2: does he try to sway his uh, hitters to, you know, maybe change their stance a little bit to some crazy. (laughs)
1: Well, I assume they have an actual hitting coach who's not doing that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think council has been a phenomenal manager. I think he's one of the better, uh, game managers um i would always get so frustrated when you know fifth inning and would come one guy would get on base or two guys would get on base and he'd pull the starter Uh, i'd get so frustrated like let him stay let him stay out let him stay out um but he's found a formula for success that has worked um he is very very good at managing games when to pull pitchers when to leave them in um I yeah I think he's phenomenal phenomenal manager
0: yeah I agree uh, he's got 25 ejections over his eight-year career <laughs> um I'm used to Ron Gardenhire uh so I really want to see Craig Council get ejected a few more times this year He regressed in that stat he had five ejections in 21 and only two in 2022 uh, what's the average uh for managers uh, I don't know what the averages for managers, but he's averaging about three ejections a year. So he needs to get those numbers <laughs> up. That's really pointing. Yeah. What's, uh,
1: what's the standard deviation for ejections here? We have no <laughs> know, good or that's bad. gonna be
0: skewed <laughs> by Garden and Bobby Cox, man. Like how many pitch so clock ejections
1: do you think there's gonna be? <laughs> oh man. I I what do you think about the pitch clock? what do you think about the new rules? I see the intent. Um
2: I like the progress. Um I like there'll probably just be some fine tuning that will happen so lay out the new rules see how they shake out there's probably going to be some controversial things happen where it's going to affect a big moment um maybe uh, go back and look at how um how to change it to improve it but i'm i'm a fan of it i think it's an improvement to the game, because it it gets ridiculous when you know some of these hitters step out of the batter's box and restrap their batting gloves, restrap everything they have on,
1: retie their shoes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. they they've been a couple of places have been showing like overlays of old batting, like just throwing a pitch versus the new one. And I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how much time they actually were taking.
0: It's it's crazy. Yeah, the more it's happening, the more I'm like, this was such a good decision for baseball well let's start to put a bow on this podcast Evan. so you said about 88 to 89 wins is that your average is that like what you think they'll do what's what's your I ceiling? Think, what's your i think that's the score?
2: ceiling i like ceiling is 90 wins um that's if all of our pitching stays healthy and perform like they've been performing and if yelich and um but yeah really i think if yelich comes back and plays at a high level um that's gonna that's gonna help get us to 90 wins i don't know that it wins the nl central maybe um i think nl central is our only path to the playoffs um but i think we have a high floor though i think our floor is maybe around 80 wins i feel like we're pretty deep pitching wise um we're gonna we're gonna pitch well but can we bring the bats is gonna be the question um i think we're we're Somewhat deep, so I think there's a probably a floor
1: at eighty wins so do you do you see them the way that they've been trending taking into account this off season where they really just didn't do a whole lot? do you th- see if they are somewhat close them making any moves or are they doing more long term thinking right now i I don't think they
2: um should so if we're you know if we're three games back at the trade deadline of the Cardinals or even if we're winning the division by a game or two, I just don't think this is the year to make the moves. Um, Cause even if we win the central, I mean, you get to the playoffs, anybody can get
1: hot and win. Um Anybody get a home run off of Clayton Kershaw, right? Like Clayton Kershaw on the playoffs. Like, well, not all them are pitchers. <laughs> Woodruff. Yeah. What are you? Yeah. Um, oh, what a time.
2: I don't I don't think we should. I think we're kinda um just in that we're a good team, that's where we are, and we're trying to figure out all right, are we a good team that's gonna become a contender or are we a good team that's gonna regress and try to rebuild? I don't know. I think that's what we're gonna figure out this year.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really expecting big things from the Brewers. Um, I think if they Craig Council can manage this team to 85, 90 wins, he gets a he gets a gold star for the season. Anything under 80 wins, I think he's kind of underperformed as a manager. But yeah, they're 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 kind of in the Reds in the Red Sox phase where they're they're building for next year. They're playing for next year, which is a tough place to be as a fan. Uh, you don't really want to see your team's doing that. You want to see them competing, but it's the stark reality of baseball. Not every team can compete every single year. Uh, and definitely not every small town team can repeat or can compete every single year. So that's what we got for the Brewers, guys. Devin, it was a pleasure. Any uh, closing thoughts for the uh, listeners of the Tortured Fan Fanbases podcast?
2: I will say, if you want to make uh, some money, um, easy money, next time the Brewers make the playoffs, and uh, whoever they lose to, bet on them to win the World Series because five of the last six teams that beat the Brewers in the playoffs have gone on to win the World Series. So there's, there's my little nugget.
1: At least <laughs> hold bet, that. Bet yeah, on I do. whoever uh, beats the Brewers. <laughs> I do have one question for you. If you had one opportunity, one chance to go down the slide, what's the most amount of money you would pay to do that?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Ooh. So for those who don't know, the Brewers have a home run slide where if a player hits a home run, uh, burning the Brewer slides down the slide. It's freaking awesome. Which it's an art that slide. Did you
1: see the uh, the the giant or the not the Giants, the Dodgers broadcast would like broke his arm doing that?
2: Yeah, that was crazy.
1: Uh, so what what's how much would you pay? What's the highest you would pay to go down for a trip down the slide?
2: I would I would give five hundred bucks to there you go slide down that big yellow
1: slide. Yeah, it's it's a, a it's pretty place. impressive. It's it's a it's a very cool ballpark thing. Yeah, I, I mean, would, I would go head first. <laughs>
0: no, you just go vaulting <laughs> off of it.
1: Which I I've got to say, it's kind of the Brewers' fault. There's just a giant wall right there, like ten feet from the end of it. That doesn't seem like a very good idea. <laughs> There's a hard wall there. That's true.
0: I will say, if y'all are in or near Milwaukee, Miller Park is one of the coolest stadiums to catch a game in. Um, it is absolutely beautiful. Don't I'm they call not, it something different now? I will not call it American Family Field. That is okay. Miller Park. Yeah, it's, it's Miller Park. For right, that's, that's Miller Park.
2: Yeah, there is nobody who calls it American Family Field. Anybody, Everybody, is, it's still Miller Park. <laughs>
0: it was like the biggest waste of money ever for, for American Family because no, like the only people who are going to call it that are because they hate it, um, it is Miller Park.
1: Right. Plus the in, literally the entire like the brewers entire like iconography is about beer holy crap right. what is that word every iconography bit, yeah every bit of it's about beer that's yeah. fair they're called the brewers yeah <laughs> <Chiriceros>. <laughs> yes so I, why why would you change it from anything that's other than beer I, that does it blows my mind it it does it's yeah <laughs> there was
0: i are not even
2: trying to hide that it's Wisconsin adopted. who understood that decision <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean props to Miller though that they don't have to pay another hundred million dollars for the naming rights and they have retained the name of the stadium <laughs> yeah. that's a great business decision <laughs> on their part right there they got it for free yeah great deal all right Dev well, we really appreciate you coming on man um if if he's wrong about any of these just know none of us are experts we don't take ourselves too seriously we're just having fun talking baseball with our friends so Uh, As always, guys, it's a pleasure.
1: Yeah, see you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me.